she started, for also bore the day and the month, 12th of August. Today, her own birthday. Surprised, she wondered why she had not noticed it five years earlier. But then a young girl had eyes for other things. She smiled at the coincidence. A happy hundredth birthday, she said warmly, as if she was congratulating a friend. Sorry you won't have a party like me. Her ice-blue eyes sparkled at the thought. There would be about thirty friends and family for an evening buffet and dancing. The Sutcliffs, Thomas and Meg with their son Simon and daughter Grace, their lifelong friendship unmarred by the friendly rivalry of Thomas and her father Jonas, both attorneys in Hull. Simon and Sylvia, her elder sister by two years, would no doubt have most of the dances together. But who will I dance with? The Ebrys, the Masons, the Chadwicks? In all probability there would be a surprise or two. Birthdays had always been special occasions in the Thornton household, and she knew this would be no exception. Wondering what lay in store, her lips broke into a smile, for she had been pestered into taking a ride this morning, to get her out of the way, not that she had protested very much, with fine weather beckoning. She'd removed her hat shortly after leaving home, for at full gallop she enjoyed the wind blowing through her hair. Now its copper tint shimmered in the sunlight as she ran her long fingers through it. She surveyed the front of the house. Four wide steps led to a terrace with a waist-high balustrade which ran the width of the building. Two simple columns supported a frieze surmounted by a triangular pediment, forming a porch over the front door. Situated in the centre, it had a six-paned window on each side. Beyond these were two matching windows, making six in all to the ground floor. The first story had identical windows, giving the whole front a symmetrical look, and an impression that a precise, orderly household had existed here. There were two attic windows allowing light into the roof space, which Emily thought must have been used as servants' quarters. As she walked up the steps, her imagination drew her back into the past, seeing this as a happy family home, full of life. Elated by the feeling, she danced a few steps, twirling as much as her long, tight riding skirt would allow. She laughed at her own exuberance as she came to a halt. The laughter died on her lips, and the brightness in her eyes was driven away by concern. The lower east window was partially open. It shouldn't be. Since Harriet Walton's death, the house had been shut up on the instructions of James, her adopted son. She remembered her father reading Mrs. Walton's will. She had been present in her capacity as her father's assistant. She had always had a thirst for knowledge, a spirit which looked beyond the confines of following her mother's example of running a household with several servants, organising and attending tea parties, practising needlework, and outwardly the gentle art of conversation, though she knew it contained more gossip than opinion. Sylvia was more suited to that. In fact, she liked it. But Emily thought there was more to life, and that this was a time for women to exert their influence and not sit dormant under male dominance. Though she gave in half-heartedly to her mother's wishes, Emily, knowing she could twist her beloved father round her little finger, slowly influenced his thinking. At eighteen she was bereft by her mother's sudden death, 
and for six months a sombre atmosphere prevailed in the Thornton household. With the support and love of his two daughters, Jonas settled into his new home life with Sylvia, taking over the role of running the house, though her father did not want that to dominate at the expense of a social life among her friends. Emily, not wanting to be under the eye of her elder sister, took to visiting her father's office more frequently. Though strict with his instructions that she should not interrupt his work, he had welcomed her visits, for she lightened the atmosphere of office routine. She absorbed the work of an attorney, and it came as no surprise to him when one day she suggested that she should help him. He had pondered her proposal before he said, "'You have a nimble brain. You are sharp, intelligent. You get on well with people.' and one day maybe I could train you fully in the intricacies of my profession. Excitement had come to Emily.